On this episode of the Fantasy Joes, it's a little Patreon Joes preview. Enjoy. You are listening to the Fantasy Joes podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. All right, lead the segment, Will. Oh, I'm not leading the segment. This is Jake's segment. All right, Jake. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in. Okay, um, fun little Patreon segment. We've never done anything like this before. Um, I think it's very spitballer-esque, um, bull rush podcast-esque. I was thinking we do a cartoon dog draft, maybe like three rounds or something. See how we're long doing we a go. snake linear auction. We gotta go snake Auc- auction. <laughs> we all get we all get ten bucks. We'll see what happens around. Oh, that's gonna be tough to spend those dollars. All right, we're, we're, are we gonna do a draft or an auction? I think a draft to be. We're doing a draft, a snake draft. Come on. Okay, wait. No, Jake is running it. What am I? I'm, see, I'm just trying to take like one take over. Yeah, we're doing very we're important doing... start to the topic that we haven't talked about on air is is cat dog a dog? Yeah, we're gonna allow that for sure. Okay. So I I I'm missing the what's cat dog? I'm I'm racking my brain to think. You never we're... watched cat dog growing up? I guess not. No, it's, it, to... this is gonna be a generational dog draft. Yeah, probably. So it's a cat dog. Cartoon. Oh. It's gotta be cartoon. So like okay. uh Lassie doesn't count. Ryan, I know this probably during your childhood. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. This came on in 1988, man. I was um, I was in college, so no, I, I missed it. Um, so, uh, I don't Ooh, think I, I was I was 12, so maybe that'd be a little bit too old. I was kind of a dork, I guess. Oh well. <laughs> I ran a quick hundred yard rush. If you don't know what the site is, I highly recommend checking it out. A perfect way to pick a draft order or anything like that. So we have. I was the fastest. Will in second, Ryan in third. Okay. All right, that's fine. I think I'm gonna. My, my, I think the best talk's gonna fall to me just just by default. So I'm I'm. It's all good. Not a chance. So is it yeah, snake? I do I get like, do I get the 103 and the 104? Yeah, yeah you do. Sweet. And then you also get the you get the 103 and 201 is what you mean to say, but then you also get the oh. 303 because we're only doing three rounds. All right, fine. Are we are we good? Ready to go? Actually, we could go four rounds if you want. I, we, I mean. That's a lot of dogs, but we'll see how we can see how long we can go for sure. Okay. We we have no to the listeners. We haven't prepped this or anything. Haven't studied. I mentioned it in the in the in our group chat, and then we forgot about it and decided to do it out of the blue. So here we go. I just wish Balto was a cartoon. That guy taught me so many history lessons. Not not Balto. Sorry, not Balto. Uh, what's the little French? Or the fox terrier that teaches you about things. Oh no! Sure. I'll I'll have it by the end. Everybody wait. I know everybody else is shouting it at their phones. Whatever we're doing at the moment. Okay. All right. With the He's first gonna... overall pick. I would like to select Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. I'm I'm a little bit surprised because this is definitely a. Although I think Scooby Doo spans across all generations, right? Because everyone knows Scooby Doo. Um, but I'm a little surprised, Jake. So explain your pick. I, I mean, I think it's I mean, a great pick. Love Scooby Doo. Love Scoops. I think Scooby Doo is like the ultimate bro. Like I don't, I can't think of a better dog to just like hang out with and chill. Um, I could solve mysteries with Scooby Doo. Um, 
I would, you would eat a lot of food. So that might be a downside, but like we could eat together. So that's like, that sounds like bonding. Uh, uh, cannabis is legal in Canada. And I'm sure, and uh, Scooby-Doo is probably the epitome of a, like the uh, stoner yeah, dog, him and Shaggy. Uh, never made the connection. Hell, him, and Sha- him and Shaggy having the munchies. All, is all is the that time, why they're like, hungry all the time? Really? It's a kid yeah. show. No, I'm, and the I'm, smoke I'm comes joking, out of the van, right? Come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I would love to hang out with Scooby-Doo. I just assumed those Scooby snacks were, were um, you know, that, that had something baked into them. Um, you know, makes sense. That could be it. Could be it. All right. So Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, um, the, the, the 101, the top pick here, the top dog, if you will. <laughs> okay. Well, 102. <laughs> I, oh. I just realized how perfect this is with our, uh, like <laughs> the entire podcast. All right. I was going to go cat dog, but I think I'm switching it up. I'm going Astro from the Jetsons. Oh my gosh. We're all going old school here oh yeah dude astro was just just he's just there all the time and he was a good member of that family they moved all around one of the first movies we owned was like the when the jetsons moved to space and they have a new job and he takes care of leroy and like it was uh it was great so i'm gonna go astro loyal i think it's i think it's a good pick it's off the board for sure, but as the 102. Yeah, not not what I was expecting. You guys are uh, whoever won at 104 or at sorry 202 is going to fall back to me anyway. It doesn't matter. Ryan's probably taking like some sort of uh, silent movie animated dog back in the day. Silent movie animated dog. Man, I wish I knew one. Um, you know, there there is a dog I want to take more than this dog, but I think that dog will probably sneak back to me. Oh no, I've got the next two picks, don't I? Never mind. So I, I can get my two, top two dogs. So I'm going to go number three. Since since the classics are going, I better grab Snoopy while I can. Because oh, okay. Good pick, Snoopy good pick. is a great pick, you know, uh, smart, resourceful. Um, I, I just, you know, classic. So I, I think Snoopy is a, a solid lead dog for my, 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 um, my, my pack here. And then I'm going to go with Brian from Family Guy. With, oh, with yeah. I, was, I was thought I was going to come back to 202. Because I, I love Brian. I, I just think that uh, I, I haven't watched Family Guy for a long time, but I, I really appreciate that show. And it's such an interesting story where that show was on. And then kind of, I think through, was it through Cartoon Network? Through the, you know, then Fox brought it back. Anyway, um, love Brian. Hilarious. So Snoopy and Brian. I mean, that, that's, that's a nice start. Yeah, it sounds like a, a a rapper and an accountant hanging out. Um, so, uh, I'm going to go with the what'll be the fifth overall pick. I'm gonna go Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. Ah, uh, nice. That's a great pick. Uh, one of the best quotes from The Simpsons is while they're picking out Santa's little helper. Uh, this is from the Conan O'Brien podcast, so I'm sorry if I butcher this. When they're talking about riding for the Simpsons, the Simpsons family is going to pick out a dog and uh, they're going there and the dog breeder is like, uh, oh, what's special about this one? And the dog breeder goes, ah, well, this one writes mystery novels. And he goes, wait, how does he do that? And he goes, well, he figures out the end that he works backwards. Just like an off the cuff comment. It's spoken much better in this show, but just the response (laughs) of like talking about how a writer works versus explaining how a dog would actually write. So Santa's a little helper. 
fifth overall pick. What a great show. The 2021 Cartoon Dogs draft. There's and a lot it, on the table for you here, Jake, but uh, there is. I, I went off the cuff early, on the cuff late. Santa Little's Helper is a great pick. Uh, Simpsons is probably one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, I, I honestly think that at 203, I might be getting my 102. Um, Brian would have been in consideration just being able to talk to him, but Clifford the Big Red Dog, I can ride down the street. I can, like, he is my mode of transportation. Um, no one is messing with me when I have Clifford the Big Red Dog. I can ride ride him around. Like, what you, is uh, a... you, you pick it up from shits. <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, you that is dumpster? a great point. Um, one thing that people don't know about me is I actually have a small business where I pick up dog poop for people. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, no, this is a lie. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, it's a good little good little money on the side. Um, so you, I don't but, know. No, what, what do you specifically do? Do you like you're a dog walker or are you? No, I just pick up the shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> All right. I already said that earlier. Wow. Okay. We learned, we learned something new today. Yeah. So yeah, how, how much would you charge? To, to how would up. you how would you how much would you charge to pick up like what like thirty two kilos worth of shit coming out of a big red dog? If it oh god, a clip, a clip of the red dog, I probably wouldn't take on that customer. Um, what if you got it? What if you got it? Some chocolate. I know that I know that this is a business and it could help out my local economy. So maybe I would pawn it off to someone else. <laughs> Ooh, delegate, delegate. Yep, leadership material. Yeah, I I think that would be a, but that like as soon as he poops once, I'd be having to call over uh, my worker to do to do his job. So that is a great point. Um, I'm going to dog parks every single time that he has to relieve relieve himself. <laughs> you don't you don't <laughs> just leave it at a dog park. You just pick it up. <laughs> yeah, that's even a, a better point. Uh, can, well, he's big enough that he could probably just poop in a in a trash can though, right? You're gonna have to train him. Yeah, I, I would be training him to poop in a trash can. Or like bring it, over, bring it over to like the local business person that you dislike dumpster. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is a great point. But um, and maybe that's the reason why Clifford fell. But he's a he's an easy pick for me here. Are we thinking four rounds? Do you? Do yeah, we got to go four because yeah. I I I got a sleeper that I need to take in the third round. That I, yeah, I have to get out there. Too, so. um, this is like I am I am so happy with how this draft is going for me. I am going with Max from the Grinch. Oh, okay. It's an interesting pick. I wouldn't. I is never there, is there any dog more loyal than Max from the Grinch? No. He might be one of the better characters like of all time for me. So I just think it's a slam dunk here for me. Also, Max from the Grinch, the the, the who's from Whoville, and we've already sworn, but they are pieces of shit. They threw out yeah. Max into the dumpster, and that's yeah. how he ended up coming to the Grinch. Like they literally tossed that dog in the garbage. So the who's from Whoville, it irritates me more. So I love the pick for, of Max because like that, he's had a rough life. He figured out how to deal with an owner that is grumpy all the time, but then if life's going to get better. He does anything his owner wants with a waggy tail and a happy face. And, uh, you know, things really turned around for him in the end. So I like that. Yeah. I think I've won this draft. No, uh, so now I guess we're going to come this way. So we're at the 302. And this is the reason I wanted to extend to four rounds to one for it's fair because Ryan, you know, Ryan gets real. It's kind of up in a huff when things aren't fair. Absolutely. I do. Uh, there is a cartoon show that has made me cry twice. Uh, and oh you no. You wouldn't expect it. 
And that's no, future, you're taking my pick. That's, no. future, that's Futurama. Oh, Futurama, yeah. So Futurama, when Fry's uh, brother names his kid Fry, and he thinks that his brother took over his name, and he has a grave on either the moon or Mars, and they play the song, Don't You Forget About Me at the end, after that whole story, and it feels so good. The second episode, the dog's name, because I had to look it up, is Seymour Asses. Yeah. And Seymour, so when Fry got, you know, frozen and went, you know, like whatever, a thousand plus years into the future, Seymour Asses waited around him forever. And it was the cutest, sweetest dog ever. And just the whole, the reason I'm drafting this too is basically for Stalzer, I'm like, it almost makes me want to cheer up now because like that episode of like, a, you just can really see how a dog's love works in your actual life. And it's real, is like as silly as this draft has been, like, that's what dogs are. We don't deserve their love and what they give us. And Seymour Asses represents that. <laughs> I'm so mad. Wow. I, that, that is a, that is a hell of a pick, man. That, that, um, that's, well, I guess I could have gotten him next round, Ryan, with being that you didn't existed, but I felt like this was the time to grab and the next, the next pick, uh, I'll scoop up all the value. Yeah. We're, we're getting, it, it's interesting because like here in this draft, there are some like obvious dogs that are still on the board that probably will go unpicked. I think, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say any names because I don't know what you guys are thinking, but you have the next two picks and you're done. So I know, I know. So I'm trying to think what dogs do I want to add with these next two picks. Um, and I, I have to, I have to admit I'm this, I'm struggling here. This is getting harder for me, but I, I think I might as well, will grab, I, w- I was thinking about, I had to look, look up the dog's name, but I, I remember the dog. It, I remember who did the voice for the dog. And it was the dog from um, South Park where um, <laughs> early on South Park, you know, it was the big gals. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Episode, and it was Sparky and it was uh, um, George Clooney that, that did the voice. And it, George oh, Clooney, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They made, not only did his bark on the show. So I, I'm going to take Sparky <laughs> from from South Park with, the, with this pick. The whole episode with Big Gale and Sparky, though, is such a good episode overall. Yeah, I mean, one of the I, first or second seasons, too, man. That that was um, it's amazing that show has had the run that it's had. I mean, some of these animated shows, just just tremendous runs that they've had. And South Park is one of those shows now where most of the time I watch it, I just don't think it's too I think they're trying too hard. It's not funny, but every once in a while, they'll come up with a good episode. They can You're back it. on the clock, Ryan, with the 401. I know, and this this is where I'm I'm struggling a little bit. I'm racking my brain, and and you think I, this would be easy for me because uh, guess what? I watch a lot of animated television with my kids, so um, um, this should be easy, but it's not. I watch um, it without ki- without kids, so it's still difficult. <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> taking the cast of Paw Patrol. I thought about Paw Patrol. I'm like, do I want any of the any of the Paw Patrol pups? You know, do I want a little Chase or Marshall? Or Muppet Babies, um, but which one's a dog? Yeah, Rolf. You know, I I, yeah, I would think consider Goofy here because I like Disney, but I don't know that Goofy's a dog. I'm not really sure yet. You know, Pluto's a dog. Yeah, Pluto. I looked at Pluto. Goofy is a dog, really? No. There was a tweet that inspired this draft, and Goofy was in there. So I don't I don't consider Goofy a dog because of the movie Goof Troop. I don't see them all as dogs. Well, you know what? Since Goofy's a dog, I mean, I even if I don't really want Goofy, Goofy can be like the Kadarius Tony of this draft. It's so late, and you got to look at the the pedigree, right? Like, even if we don't want Goofy, we're not even sure he's a dog. Just like Kadarius Tony, are 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 we sure he's like this first round alpha wide receiver for the Giants? We're not sure, but he keeps falling so late. 
like uh, Trey and I co on this team in this IDP league guys. And there were <laughs> like probably like a half dozen IDP guys that went off the board before Kadarius Tony. That's and, and, and scoring is nerfed in that league for IDP players. So give me goofy, the Kadarius Tony of this draft. Love it. Oh, interesting. Oh man. Makes it really tough here. I, uh, uh, while you're thinking, I Googled if Goofy was a dog or not. And, uh, it, there seems to be a debate on the internet. <laughs> we are weird. The internet, the internet <laughs> yeah. disagrees. I think there's a consensus. He's a dog, but people think he's a cow for some reason. I could see it. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> thinking he's looking at, at his wall and thinking, <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like, I could see him. I could see him being a cowish type of character. Uh, I'm going to go Odie. From Garfield and Odie. Oh, what a good pick! Oh, uh, oh man, I wish I could have one of my picks back. So another part of this too is I went. My elementary school oh, was we, we were we were Garfield, and we didn't have a school mascot for the, uh, the longest time, so we called ourselves the Garfield Odies. <laughs> Jake just got sniped, sniped so hard twice. Oh my god. I can't believe I forgot. It's even a time to prep, man. Odie would have been on my list. Also, Garfield Good and Odie thing. represent the relationship between our cat and dog, too. Like, our cat kind of hates our dog, but our dog, all she ever wants to be is friends with our cat. So, uh, Odie, Odie just, he, again, resembles that just, like, undying love for everything in a dog. Plus, the Garfield Odie's growing up. Uh, I think, uh, I'm sure it was Andrew Garfield was the president. I don't know if his first name is Andrew. I'm pretty sure Andrew was pretty popular back then. Uh, but anyway, we didn't have a mascot, so we call ourselves the ODs. I, I we'd be, we'd be Garfield like Blue. That would be our team name for soccer. You took Seymour asses ahead of Odie. <laughs> right. Odie has never made me cry. Seymour asses literally made me cry. All right. I would take I'm, Seymour all day over Odie. I'm gonna have to go watch those episodes. I was never a big. I mean, I've, I've seen a fair amount of Futurama episodes, but I, I never got like so into it. You know, I kind of missed. I, I feel like it was a little bit came out a little bit after it you know, so like me. the first like whatever three seasons before they went on a high it's like the first few seasons of family guy before they came back and got a little bit too like crazy yeah we're really good so i would recommend watching those for sure i haven't watched enough of the new futurama to weigh in on that side i'm just gonna say that those first few before they left were amazing extremely underrated show i like the one that that i mean like i said i've watched off and on um, where like Bender is in space and in like um, like around. life arms start growing on him and he's like he realizes he's God to the, these life forms. That, that's a great episode. <laughs> oh, I love it because right, he comes back to Earth and they're like these people are like praying, you know, for help. He's like, no, I, I met God. He won't do shit for you unless you do shit for yourself. It's like the best. I, I just feel like that like concept of of God is like such a great way to think about it too. Like, yes. If, if you want to, you know, like pray to God or anything, but like also know, like you need to do stuff for yourself too. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. All right. Now I gotta, now I gotta go back and watch, watch Futurama from the beginning. So I will. That God one's so good too. Cause he's like, when I interfere too much, it ruins everything. If I don't interfere at all, it ends in nuclear war. <laughs> all right, Jake, bring us home. With the final pick. Um, I'm very disappointed that Seymour asses is not available to me. But I, I'm going to take it coming. Blue. I'm going to take blue from Blue's Clues. <laughs> staple, staple pick, safe pick. Yeah, he's the Canary. Big fan of that show back in the day when I was a child. And with Scooby Doo, I feel like uh, crime better watch out. 
What about Scruff yeah. McGruff? Ryan, he was only in the commercials. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60653. Some honorable mentions. Uh, Pluto was in there, we mentioned. Courage, um, Bolt, Slinky Dog from Toy Story. Oh, Slinky uh, Dog's a good one. That's a good one. Bolt, Bolt's fine. Bolt, I mean, not a, not a good movie. I, I should have taken several characters from Bluey, which is a show I watched with my family. But I don't think any of those dogs really stand out. But that's actually... Um, one of like my <laughs> my Twitter pro, my Twitter profile pic is is um one of the dogs from Bluey. So anyway, uh, good draft, boys. That was good. That's a great yeah, way to end the fun. show. I'm glad we I'm glad we fired it back up for that. That was good. So all right, we don't need to. We already did the outro. Well, I'll slap this in at the end, or maybe at the beginning. I don't know. We'll see. It's Patreon. We do the hell we want. So we'll toss this on Twitter and see uh see who wins. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you, Patreon supporters. We'll, I'm just we'll going to say right listeners. now, there's this episode of Cat Dog where the bullies are picking on Cat Dog. All right, they're picking you on Cat even Dog. Pick Cat Dog. Oh yeah, we brought up Cat Dog. <laughs> I didn't pick Cat you Dog. Didn't pick up Cat I Dog. Didn't pick Cat Dog. <laughs> I want Astro. Dang it! I meant to pick Cat Dog. Oh well, this is how drafts go. <laughs> Trade back in. Uh, there's this episode where all the bullies are picking on Cat Dog, and so Dog gets into like supplements basically, and just becomes freaking jacked <laughs> and then picks on the bullies but then ends up realizing he's become the bully it teaches you so many life lessons cartoons are better back in the day Rocco's modern life was hot, that, hot that show got real weird like for kids like I grew up on that and like looking back on like you had Rocco and Heifer and what was the turtle's name oh anyway Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Hey, it is the Fantasy Joes. It's Ryan. It's Jake. It's Will. It's Greenwood. It's Livergood. It's Patterson. And this is a special episode of the Fancy Joes because we're going to do what we do for the Patreon show, essentially. This, we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash Fancy Joes. We're going to add to our Patreon account. So this is kind of a commercial. We're going to try not to make this like the fun drive that happens whenever NPR is raising funds when you turn it, turn it on, if that's ever happened to you, if you ever listen to NPR and they... Um, Probably not our target demographic here. I probably should, should think of a fresher example, but it's all they talk about. This isn't a sales pitch. This is just kind of what we do. We talk about NFC football, but it's less scripted, and we talk about other things as well. So, gentlemen, what's going on? I can uh, fire us off with the Fantasy Jones roof. Here tonight in the Patreon show roof. Better be ready for that, listeners out there. This is what you get in the Patreon show. You get uncut, unscripted, green wood roof. Also, you may get the uh, the classic NPR voice. We're gonna sit here, everybody. We're gonna have a great time together. Uh, let's uh, let's go into the Jake the Jake Patterson story. What do you think about Jake tonight? Well, you know, guys, I'm uh, doing pretty well. You know, <laughs> 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 big uh, big flashback there to uh, the one Peter Overzet's uh, video that he posted about fantasy football intros, where it's like the hard hard music going on. It's like guy just rolls around and says, hey guys uh there's me just here to talk about some fantasy values uh <laughs> hello everybody uh trevor lawrence quarterback one in superflex rookie drafts what do you think that's a, that's a bold pick there i think i like it 
so I, I want to talk about really like uh, quickly off the top of the cuff, like when you're looking at Dynasty League, but you're still playing, you know, yearly to win your championship right now. I'm looking at a very accredited source. Since this is the public Patreon, I'm not going to give it away. You have to pay for that. Uh, they have Saquon Barkley below. And this, this is just PPR. Saquon Barkley uh, below DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and even Devontae Adams, you can throw him in there. What would be your guess? Do you think Saquon Barkley scores all those guys in full PPR this upcoming season if you were to have to bet a month's pay at this moment in time? I take the field. I think there are so many names that you mentioned. Um, so I think it'd be dangerous to just bet on one guy as good as Saquon is coming back from injury. And maybe it depends on how you feel about Daniel Jones because that that is the one mystery I have with the San Francisco, San Francisco Giants. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking baseball. Excuse me. Let's try oh it again. The goodness. New the New York oh. Giants. By the way, I'm still first place in my fantasy baseball league. You get a lot of that talk on the Patreon Joe's. It's weird how it was, how long were you hold on to that one? About 30 <laughs> seconds in the episode? No, that was just a, 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 it was an accident. So Dan, Daniel Jones is the is the key to answering that question. And I I don't know. I I I like. I think Saquon's gonna have a great year, but if I had to bet, I don't. I think I. You know, you named like DK Metcalf in that group. It's named some talented players. So if he doesn't finish above wide receiver three in fantasy in PPR this year, it's a big bust for Saquon Barkley. Probably, um, Jake. What do you think about about Saquon versus the field? You can take that if bet. If we're talking Saquon versus field, you just you have to take the field. That's well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that like, logic. But if you're talking Saquon versus one of those guys, I have to pick one versus Saquon. I'm picking Saquon. Like running back ceiling for fantasy points is typically just higher than like wide receiver. You've seen like historic wide receiver years. Devonta Adams last year, he's just pretty much getting, I don't depending on scoring format, close to 300 points or probably top three running back range where Christian McCaffrey two years ago, he was getting like this absolutely astronomical numbers, like would blow Devonta. So I'm looking at a, a, a league right now. Two years ago when Christian McCaffrey went off, he had 450 points. And then last last year when Devontae Adams went off, he had 362 points. So that's 90-point difference right there. I feel like you just you got to take the running back ceiling if you're going 1v1. Yeah, I, I think you got to go yeah running back early in a redraft league. And, and if you pass or if you take one of those wide receivers, you're just blowing up opportunity. And I think most people know that looking at fantasyfootballcalculator.com ADP, I don't know how, if that's the best source out there, but the first eight picks are in a PPR league are running backs. And Barkley is the 104 and uh, according to this. So, so Cook, uh, McCaffrey and Kamara going ahead of him. Derek Henry, uh, although essentially they're tied, you know, when you look at the ADP, he, I get so I, I he's kind of tied at 103 with Derek Henry. Now that I look at it closer, oh, Kamara's getting disrespected left and right. Is he's he right there? He's right there, 105. So I wouldn't call that disrespect. That, that would be the right. That would be the right of the left and right. Who's the starting quarterback in New Orleans? Do we feel good it's going to be Jameis Winston? I, I, it doesn't I, matter. I, th- it does matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Ryan and I are hella confused right now. I Taysom think Taysom Hill's Hill last, is a big difference. Taysom Hill's like last Taysom game Hill as a starter. Taysom Hill's last game as a starter was fully integrating the offense. Alan Kamara went off. Uh, was Michael Thomas had a 33% target share during that time. 
the key pieces of that offense are going to be fine. I think what is going for Kamara is the lack of weapons on that team. It is Michael Thomas, Kamara, and pretty much nobody, uh, Adam Troutman. But so that is definitely helping him. But you have to be worried based on the splits last year with uh, Taysom Hill that they might le- leverage Latavius Murray more, um, or that he just might just get game scripted out. I'm not. Uh, I think it is probably a fool's bet to doubt Adam Kamara, especially because just how efficient he is and he's going to get the opportunity so like he's going to excel but at adp he he might be an avoid for me like i would i would pick those three other running backs before alvin Kamara. all right so let's say cmc delvin cook henry saquon are off the board you're at the 105 jake yeah you know ak41 sitting there but so are some other guys you're gonna go you're gonna go another player there's someone else i would go here i think which I'll share with you in just a second. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. Um, no, I'd probably have, I'd probably be fine picking him there. I well, yeah, I think, I think it's an easy, easy dunk. I mean, if you're, you're going to go like, you can grab Aaron Jones, you'd go just, I don't know. Uh, you know, Zeke is at, essentially tied at the 106, 107 with Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm really intrigued with Zeke this year, guys. I just can see Zeke have a monster year. If, if um, you know, Dak comes back and is reasonably healthy, I get to see that Cowboys offense. They're going to they're gonna have to try to – I mean, maybe the downside to picking Zeke is if you think they're going to be in some shootouts, um, you know, it, 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 maybe the game script doesn't match Zeke, but I think Zeke is kind of, you know, game script proof. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just – I like Zeke. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think AK-41 is, is the is – the, probably the clear choice the 105 though let's just not mess around because we've we, you know he he hit just every week he can just blow up and single-handedly win you that week whereas zeke hasn't really done that for a while well also like zeke in a dynasty league which is a good subject to like pivot back or pivot off of this from uh redraft to dynasty is as a person who has a lot of zeke on a lot of different teams he is impossible to sell for the value you think you should get and it makes you want to pivot to try to acquiring zeke but uh on the teams where I don't have him, I'm not in like the right place to go out and try and get him. So what would I have to add in you guys' opinion? And let's just say a super flex league to a Miles Sanders to get Zeke. Hmm. Um, I, so you're, so I, I'm the Zeke owner and you want to send me Miles Sanders plus for Zeke. Well, we're just Miles Sanders, you know, Miles Sanders younger. He's got these great athletic measurables. He's you on, know, he's got this uh car or uh Alfred Morris corollary. Come on, let's go. You you need Alfred Morris. You know, he's he's kind of interesting because Zeke is probably one of those guys that if you have him on a and you just said this well, I'm just basically resetting your point, so I'm sorry about that. But um, not to beat a dead horse even more, but if you're on a team where you're a contender, I I, I don't think you really want want to move Zeke, but if you are you know, rebuilding or, or thinking about it better get rid of this guy before he loses value. He's probably one of those prime candidates. Although, as you point out, you can't actually get what you want for him. So I don't know, I, I guess for me, my to answer your question, it would have to be a pretty big rebuild for me to want to move Zeke to you. Cause if I'm even remote, I think I'm going to be remotely competitive. That's, that's not enough for me. What about you, Jake? Do you, does that get it done for you? Like Sa- Sanders in a second? For... I think they're so much closer than people would, give them credit for like Sanders is perceived way lower right now so I think if 
if you leave Ezekiel Elliott owner, the guy's probably asking for a first on top or maybe a, like one of the earlier seconds in this draft where these players, like a player that has more value than maybe an almond raw, that tier of second round pick. Um, but I think they're way closer. Like it's almost a lateral move. Um, obviously Elliot has a higher uh, ceiling redraft wise. Um, but uh, the second I would probably, I would pay a second on top of Sanders to get to Elliot, but it's uh, not uh, early second by any means. Like, those have value <laughs> and miles sanders is just getting so and we talked about this last week on the show like just so disrespected i was and and it's it's you you really sometimes you really see this stuff i mean you'll see it in dynasty leagues that type of thing but then when you look at like redraft rankings looking at how they perceive a player in 2021 it can be eye-opening when you are so focused on dynasty and you're not thinking about redraft leagues i don't play as many best ball leagues as i think you guys do so um anyway miles sanders and and i i know this is fantasyfootballcalculator.com i don't know where their data is coming from so take it with a grain of salt but still he's the 33rd player overall the 307 miles sanders so i that's that's pretty eye-opening to me that he's he's going like in the third round i think if i'm in a redraft league no matter how i started if miles sanders is there in the middle of the third round for me i'm pretty thrilled yeah and i think it brings up the conversation of value for and how much risk you're willing to bring on Again, for a season of production for what uh, their, their like longevity can be. But what I'll say is if Miles Sanders does not take off this year, it's over for Miles Sanders, right? This, this is we're at like the, we're at the, this kind of precipice where third, like three years in the league of not really performing up to whatever our expectations are, Miles Sanders' value could tank pretty easily, even if he finishes like wide receiver or sorry, running back 20. Uh, I think that could be a big, like, so if you were moving from a Miles Sanders to a Chris Carson and then getting some draft capital on top of it, that might be the type of move that you go to because then you're getting a seasonal pretty good value and you're getting a lot of fantasy points. Maybe like if, if not more fantasy points than what Miles Sanders could like is going to provide. And then you're going to get some future draft capital on top of it. I know. I, I keep thinking about Miles Sanders since that last episode we had and, and what to, uh... Would I be willing to pay to, to acquire him? But yeah, I do have those lingering doubts in the back of my head. But at the same time, I kind of feel like he is just primed to, to, to have a great year in, in 2021. Although on the other hand, then I think about that and then I'm like, Jalen Hurts, do I really want to buy into him leading this explosive Philadelphia offense? I, I just have so many questions about him. I, and once again, he's also one of those guys, kind of a lottery ticket. And I think he's going to be the super trendy late, round QB to take in your redraft leagues and so trendy that he's going to, you're going to have to take him higher than you want to, because he's going to be on like half, half the, the guys in your league, especially like the casual players. Well, we'll, he'll be one of the sleepers. I'll read about him and he'll just go too early, which will be sad. Every year there's a league winning quarterback and they usually have Konami upside. Right. And right this year, it's almost looking like, Hertz is in that territory. You got Lanson Fields also in that territory. Oh, for sure. But Hertz has has a wild ceiling. Like he's a it's he's Lamar Jackson ceiling, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's fun. And yeah, I remember distinctly a couple of years ago, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he he was a lot. I mean, it wasn't he was a sleeper, but he wasn't because it seemed like it was almost cliche to say, "Oh, take Lamar Jackson late in your drafts." I just I feel like it was such a a common thing you would hear and and, and I, I mean that respectfully to all the you know mainstream you know fantasy football analysts that were talking his name up because they were they were right but 
Um, anyway, it just it's well, I, th- I think like league winning quarterbacks too, when they're younger, is a much bigger deal. But like last year, a, a league winning quarterback if he's there for you in your fantasy plus and you're you're in the in the running for everything was Tom Brady in a superflex league. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to. It doesn't so, have to be that younger, exciting guy. Yeah, think, the old, I, boring guy. Yeah, and on the quarterback side, yeah, Lamar Jackson blew up fantasy leagues two years ago. Like it was, it was pretty crazy how many fantasy points he put up. And then like Josh Allen last year again, it was pretty crazy how many fantasy points he put up overall. But when you look at like those key moments in time with those older guys, especially with Tom Brady who's getting into the offense, like his start to the season was pretty bad. Uh, but then that end of the season. When you had him, you were starting him over almost like it, he's in that top twelve quarterback weekly starter. So it's a, it's it's that it's that mix, and that's why I always want to keep in mind during the off season again because with assets like like picks and everything like that, you're only going to accrue value, you know, moving into next year. So that's what you should be moving forward with your players if you're in a rebuild. But if you're going into a win now mode, don't discount what you can get from a one year player like i think chris carson if you get one good year out of chris carson you've won that trade in your opinion like it or for your station i i'm sorry i'm i'm going back to what you said about the i was still thinking about the late run qb thing um when you said josh allen he is the guy that was that late round qb for you in reject leagues because i'm looking at adp facebook calculator once again he went at the 905 Uh, several QBs went before Josh Allen and uh, Will, you and I are in a league together where he, he is the reason I won the championship. It was Josh Allen one QB league, um, full clan dynasty league. So I I don't don't think you've been in a league that you've won together, but okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That's selective memory. (laughs) Um, yeah, of course, but duh, but man, that guy, I mean, just, it was crazy. I think he had, like uh, I might've had to do the scoring of this league, but I feel like every week at the playoffs, cause I started the first round, he was like 40 to 45 points. He's just a monster. So yeah, weeks, weeks 15 and 16 in that league specifically, Ryan, uh, Josh Allen had 41 points and 39 points, which are probably the top two scores of those weeks. So yeah, he was a, just a monster. That's the, that's the beautiful part of dynasty. In my opinion is you build up a good roster. You can have like a super stack team, but when it comes to playoffs, this is why I struggle so much to not to just like bow out completely. Cause like, if I can figure it out, if I can piece together something, if I can even be the, the F and six seed going into the playoffs, you can have a chance. Uh, that's t- t- football. Yeah. What, what's that Jake? I was just saying it's the beauty of fantasy football. The beauty and, and the, yes. Yeah, embrace the chaos, and and it can lead to heartbreak as well. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, most of the time the teams that get the buys, I think that you know they're going to win. You know, more than half the time, maybe they win sixty six percent of the time or something, maybe higher. Who knows? But there, every once in a while, if you you sneak in, you see that six seed, um, and and you can make a run, even in dynasty leagues. Um, because yeah, yeah, I mean, it, we've all been in leagues where we've seen it happen or it's happened to us, and that's Ryan. a lot of fun. And that specifically that you mentioned, this one quarterback, Trey has had the best roster on paper for like six years. But by, by a lot, too. I mean, yeah, every year not, it looks like he's like, going to dominate each year. It's not like year. you glance over the roster and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which one I like. It's always Trey's. And right. he is not taking it home. It's a, an amazing streak of bad luck because I think he's outscored the league now at least three years in a row and um you know gets the bye and and yeah just um i think this year he ran into me in the semifinals and, and josh allen i squeaked it out and then 
um, years before. Yeah, he's just run into the the hot team with the the hot player too. So it's it's wild. Yeah. Uh, which Jake brings me to a point. You run? Do how many leagues do you run that have uh, weekly, like like even just five dollar, you know, like payouts for a weekly high scorer? Uh, just two, but I run four leagues and two of them do. I absolutely love weekly high scorer being involved, and maybe it's maybe it's twenty five. Either way, whatever it is, the I, I think weekly high scoring keeps people more involved every single week uh, for a league, especially in dynasty. Yeah, it's a it's a chance of five or ten dollars every single week, right? So, if you're a dominant team like Trace, you have a chance. Even if you don't win, you have a chance to rack up some money. But, and even if you're a bad team, you could like make a ten dollars at the end of the year. It's pretty dang good. Even if you're a bottom feeder, like you can't complain. Some discount on your buy-in. Yeah, all you need to do is grab a couple. You What's your? Start, you just need to start Robert Tanya. Uh, it, it, oh yeah. Sorry, it's another. It's another thing to keep in the back of your mind too, because one of the leagues that do it, um, there's a lot of people blowing it up right now. And if you have even a, like you said, even a glimmer of hope to squeak into that six seed, like why even blow it up? Like if, <laughs> like grab these pieces, the Tom Brady type pieces, the Mike Davis, Chris Carson types, and piece championship. Like see if you can piece the championship roster together. Yeah, it only it only takes three weeks of peak performance. And maybe and that's why I think blowing up teams is hard for me. At least I'm going through this now as a like really blowing up teams and, and like tanking for, or not tanking, but like trying to rebuild with older players. Like the rest of your roster just kind of aged out. Uh, I, I just have a hard time like selling now versus selling in the future. Because if I'm, if we're sitting there at week 10 and I'm out and somebody's quarterback goes down, now we have a real conversation. You gotta, that's, how, that's how somebody took advantage of me and got Saquon Barkley last year, like pretty early on a championship contending team. And I, I paid, it was even just, it was just the third round rookie pick, but still a third round rookie pick for, I paid that and Saquon for Zeke. Yeah. But you don't know that you lost that trade. Yeah. I mean, let, let's see that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, let's see enough. Saquon but come on, back on and produce paper right now. It was kind of a loss. Right. But sometimes that's what you got to do. Right. And that's the, yeah, that, that's what that's what makes it fun. And I, I get that is one of the hardest things to do um, going into a season, especially, but like even in season, because you got to look at your roster and it's like, yeah, do I want to try to, you know, a couple injuries happen? Do I want to try to get in the playoffs? Hopefully these guys come back. Or are they going to be, I mean, we, you knew Saquon wasn't coming back, but that, yeah, I think that's really hard. It's a really hard decision um, to, to make because you don't want to wait too long if you got the aging roster, but at the same time, you, you always want to play and win, so. You can always rebuild, you know, maybe your rebuild will take longer, but you can always rebuild. Right. But you may not have a chance for a while if you think you're going to head to a rebuild in future years. So. But just, is, another question coming to this is it's, it's kind of a hot topic in these off season podcasts. Where, how do you guys feel about in dynasty with Darren Waller? So you're sitting there in a super flex draft, the five QBs, three running backs and Jamar Chase are gone. Uh, so maybe you're not even five QBs. But if you're tight and needy, I think I would trade Mac Jones for Darren Waller right now pretty easily. Is that it might be like ridiculous and thinking that's like way an under offer or I don't think you're I don't think you're gonna get Waller for, for Mac yeah. Jones. That would be unbelievable. So okay. really? yeah, if you can do that, sign me up. I think it's really dependent on where your team is. If you're rebuilding, I'd want Mac Jones because like 
Waller is going to be 20, 28, 29. He's going to be, sorry, he's going to be 29 as a tight end. Obviously, tight ends, a lot of them play well up into their age. Uh, but it's really where your team's at. If you're competitive, Waller's going to be better this year and probably for the next few years. But QB is a hard thing to acquire, right? So Mac Jones has a decent, depends, it really depends what you, how you think about what you think about Mac Jones. If you're a believer or not. Yeah. I'm not a believer. I just think he's fine. <laughs> Man, pe- people don't, I mean, I don't know about long-term if he's going to pan out in the NFL, but I'm kind of a believer in Mac Jones in 2021 to get a lot, like play most of the time, most of the starts for the Patriots. And, uh, you know, in these eliminators that I'm in, I don't think people see Mac Jones the same way as I do. So I've been trying to, you know, at least push up his value if I don't, if I don't get him because, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. Am I missing something guys? I mean, if you had to make a bet, like, what do you think, how do you think that backfield, um, the quarterback situation plays out in new England? Do you, th- I'm thinking like maybe cam gets three or four starts and then Mac Jones takes over. I don't know. I I'm almost leaning towards cam starting most of the games this year. Okay. That's where my, that's I where I sit say. right now is I, to me, Mac Jones is a sit a year quarterback and you just, you're going to have to kind of eat it, but his value won't be like, he is, when it comes to like safety, the players that you're taking around him in the rookie draft have more of an opportunity to go down in value than Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones starts a lot this season. I think I'd go four games, four and a half is where it's at the over under. All right. That's interesting. Jake, you, you agree with that assessment? Well, you have guys like Julio say, I want to play with Cam Newton. I don't think you can, if Cam Newton is the better QB, I don't think you're going to be able to convince the locker room otherwise like they they see what's out what's happening right like they practice with these guys every day they're not going to be fooled by uh starting the younger guy or the lesser option like and i don't put a past bill to play cam the entire year like if cam's the guy he's gonna be the guy so but again yeah, I, it, it, was, it was such a weird season last year with cam you know grabbing covid in the middle of the year it was not his his best work he had kind of a blow-up game against the Seahawks. Was that week two? Was that week two or week three? Where he hit Edelman for like 175 yards. The thing is, I, I, don't, I in my heart of hearts, do not believe Cam Newton is, is washed or done overall. I think there is something with his mechanics that is a little bit broken. But coming into last year, it, it just didn't help them that he had COVID. And then, you know, they went through the whole scenario. So I'm kind of putting that, putting that a little bit to the side and that his whole upside is the quarterback of just an NFL team, not even fantasy is much higher in upside than what Mac Jones will offer coming in and being the future. Like it's okay to be, it's okay to stash that pick with Mac Jones for, for next year with the roster that they're building now. Yeah. Cam Newton finished. Sorry. Um, In week seven, week 17 last year, Cam Newton had 45 fantasy points. That's crazy. You, the the rushing upside quarterbacks like you cannot understate it enough like these guys cam newton was a top five qb for like five six years in a row like you pretty much set it and forget it with cam newton the the hard part of like the counter argument is i think people are also devaluing mac jones like this guy was a legitimately good prospect like last year was almost historic in the sense of he put up Burrow to a uh, uh, Kyler Murray level numbers 
And I know people are going to say, well, he's playing on Alabama, like he's playing on an NFL offense already. But uh, Ruggs left, Jerry Judy left, Devonta, uh, Jalen Waddle got injured. He pretty much only had Devonta Smith throughout the year, and he put up some pretty crazy numbers. So I think it's tread lightly doubting the man. Okay, Jake. Week 17 was against the New York Jets, okay? So let's let's pump the brakes a little bit that people forget that Cam Newton was starting to emerge at the end of the year. Um, I, I, listen, I hope you guys are right because I love Cam Newton. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. I'm not talking fantasy necessarily. I'm talking NFL players. I love Cam Newton. We're pro-Newton podcast is what we're finding out. But Cam Newton is 32 years old. Okay. At the quarterback. A, the, a guy that's taken a beating over his career, a guy that has suffered through, you know, several injuries the past couple of years. Um, I, I know you can make up excuses, you know, with, with, with COVID and all this and that, but let's be honest, he's not a terribly accurate quarterback when he, you know, has a chance to throw. I, I mean, you know, his numbers last year, he threw for eight touchdown passes, 10 interceptions. Yes, 12 touchdowns on the ground. That's awesome. That kind of saved his fantasy season in a super flex league, but I'm just, I, I hope you're right. I hope he is the starter and plays great. And Mac Jones, you know, rides the bench and, and cause that would be great for Mac Jones too. Right. I mean, it'd be good for him to sit for a year behind Cam Newton. He'd learn a lot. I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. I just, I just see him fizzling out and new England being good. So them needing like Mac Jones to come in and kind of be the game manager, rookie quarterback, um, I, I don't know. I just, I just think there's some value there in Superflex league, you know, a guy that could be like a, like QB three on your bench break in case of emergency in case there's injury and he could, he could do okay for you. Um, I, I'm very excited to see how this offense works. Maybe Cam Newton has his rushing touchdowns taken away from him though, by the double Thor hammers that the Patriots have at their disposal. That is Cam Newton in the left hand and Ramondre Stevenson in the right hand. These are two, massive dudes they're gonna I, I feel like i'm very excited to see the way the patriots play out and i'm almost like a pocket patriots fan for this season especially for fantasy because that's all we want is we want every game to be 50 to 50 and it's going to be 50 to 50 but the patriots going to have eight touchdowns by cam and one running back well i, I that's what i worry about like with, with stevenson and you know damien harris and whoever else have in the backfield so Michelle. I, just, I, think, I think they're gonna be careful with cam at the at the goal line i'm afraid i don't think they wanted to you know, die at the goal line. And, and it was pretty obvious. You could tell watching some of those games last year. Listen, I'm, I'm still not an NFL defensive coordinator, but those, those, you know, primetime games where they were at the goal line, you kind of knew what New England was going to do. They were pretty, um, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty transparent on offense and, and yeah. the whole, the defense knew it was going to come. So they're going to have to change up. So I don't know. Um, I think that will hurt his rushing upside a little bit. Cause I, I think you're right. I think, I think the big fellow will score several touchdowns, if nothing else at the goal line. And that might hurt Cam a little bit. I've gotten sneakily higher on Roger Stevenson during the off season too. Not to like go crazy with rookie picks, but just where like, I have to have him in a couple places. Like he's like the he, perfect best ball guy, you know, because oh, he's going to have some big games. nonsense he's out of here. Let's run real teams, uh, <laughs> real teams. When are you going to know it? When to start him is the problem. There'll be, you'll know be when to start him. We no idea. He sees the field in the goal line <laughs> situations. That's an easy peasy start. And he just goes in that last flex spot. And if you get two points, you're sad a little bit, but it's not, it's not make or break. But when you get, when you get 26 out of him, you're, yeah, you're just I fist suppose. bumping. You might pop the top off. You know, your neighbor's going to look at you weird, but you're fine. 
my neighbors look at me weird no matter what. Uh, <laughs> Jake, any any other thoughts here with with this this uh, New England QB situation? Do you think any of these guys are values like in Dynasty? To I mean, like, does it make sense to acquire Cam if you believe in Cam this year? I don't even know what you, I mean. He's he's got to be pretty cheap. Is it worth acquiring Cam Newton just to see what happens? Um, I acquired him for a future second round pick for a league that nice. I need QB health and I'm con- need QB help and I'm contending. Um, I'd probably do it again, even though that was before the Mac Jones trade uh, uh, selection. Just based on it was a trade that I really wanted for a short term window, um, and I think Cam Newton provides that. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, definitely a value. Um, I think he's like LeGarrette Blunt going to be in that offense. And I don't think they're going to avoid Cam Newton at the, like at the end zone at all. I think that's, that's his bread and butter. Right. So I think they're probably going to like use and abuse him there. Um, there was talk about new England having a two QB system of like Mac Jones, uh, Cam Newton in the red zone. And, then, and depending on the situation and then Mac Jones, the rest. So they might both be a voice. Like if neither are starting full time, I don't like, they're going to be risky for, they might be, there might be added risk there. Uh, so you're like a, oh, that, yeah, that sounds, that sounds uh, nasty. It's the new Orleans saints North. Yeah. Right. Right. Except it's just <laughs> they're like slower, younger, less big of prospects. Well, I guess Cam Newton is a bigger prospect because he's still sorry. Take that back. But slower and older in New England. Uh, okay, boys. You want to take this off the rails? You want to talk some more fantasy for the... I'll say it off the rails there? because because I'm afraid if you're listening to this, you think all we do in the Patreon show is talk about Dynasty football. And, and we do, I don't know, what do we do, like 50% of the time? We well, talk it's about just Dynasty. important that you made it this far. Yeah. So we, we, we hooked you in with the Dynasty talk, hopefully. Now we'll... Um, um, even hook, hook you in, really you in? I don't know. I, I need a new um, term. What, what? What? Help me out, guys. <laughs> I forgot how to speak English. With what? Um, like, like real, a... I guess real you in. Really went even further with something off the rail. So can I? I'm going to go back to something we we talked about earlier because um, we did another Patreon show before this for like. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you're getting two Patreon shows this week. But I was talking about this is this is actually a new segment for the show that I'll call uh, um it's it's um who I wish was our sponsor. And this is the I was telling you guys about this hop tea. This is hop lark hop tea. Um and it's it's I wish they were a sponsor of the show because for everybody's out because you can't see this, Ryan's holding it up to show the can, which is very important for a podcast. Yeah, yeah very important for a podcast. <laughs> But this is great because I, I do drink alcohol still, but I try to I've cut it back a lot. And sometimes you just want to have like that, you know, just have a cold beer, like when you're recording a podcast with, with the Joes. So this, this kind of uh, scratches that itch for me. So thank you to Hoplark for considering becoming a sponsor of the Fancy Joes. You guys got a most embarrassing moment of introducing your significant other to your parents? I, I, did, I did yeah, I've, I've been pretty lucky so far. It's been pretty uneventful. Oh, I got a good one. All right. So this is for Patreon content. This is why this is here. And this is why this is quick off the rails. I didn't even think about planning this before the podcast, which is very important to note because I'm super smart and off the cuff. And this is <laughs> again, the Patreon side, but uh, I, I was, my girlfriend at the time was meeting my family for the first time. And uh, my sister came along and it's not really normal for, for her to come along to like family events like this or anything like that. 
Um, and she, so we're sitting here at the like lunch table. We're all having a good time, like chatting. And you can just see, you, I actually knew about this, but you just see out of the corner of her shirt, she'd actually just gotten a big kind of like chest tattoo. And my mom did not know about it. And my mom spotted it, called it out and like arms, she like grabbed her face, you know, was like, ah, ah, and then like slammed down on the table and almost broke down in tears. And that was that first family meeting. It's weird that that relationship didn't work out. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, like, it's a, it's a really cool like tattoo and everything like that, but she didn't tell the parents and had been hiding it by wearing t-shirts and this t-shirt had like, it wasn't even like a, a V-neck, you know, it's just like a crew neck, just slipping down before your collarbone meets and just showing the tip of it. And I saw it and I looked over and saw my mom saw it and I was like, oh, this is going to go very poorly. So and how did, how did he, be, did you just like leave or like, oh, we got to go. I mean, no, like- cause it's both sets of parents there. It's both, sorry. I should have prefaced this better. <laughs> oh, God. It's four, four adults. As far as like parents go myself, my girlfriend at the time and my sister, like this was it. This was it. This was like in like an intimate setting almost. So, uh, so a better question is how did those those parents of, of your girlfriend at the time react? Like what were they were they speechless? They say anything? Like I mean what No, they're not gonna say anything because my mom was like just going like she's just was like you could tell like just choking back tears and like well, you think, uh, think well this is this should have been a sign for you because if if this this girlfriend's mom had been worth her salt and the girlfriend, she would have gone and like given your mom a hug or something and be like it's it's okay. Oh, I don't know. Our I, daughters do crazy I things. I basically was I mean, my sister's older than me, so it's like, it's kind of, kind of the, yeah, daughters do crazy things like date this guy. <laughs> that could have been the best moment in time. Uh, I would have killed for that quote to have happened. Um, but anyway, so that was, that was a, a really, really interesting first uh, engagement. What I will say is if I'm a parent and I find out about our dad, or like if we have a daughter and I see our daughter's tattoo in that first time, uh in that scenario, because I don't think we're playing to have two kids. So like, I don't know how I would react. First anger, I'd order another cocktail probably immediately. That's the first thing. I would be like, we need some sort of like shots at the table uh, at this point in time. And if the rest, if the other family isn't in doing shots, clear red flag for the, for what's happening at the moment. So I guess that would be the start of it. I don't know where I'd go from there because I'd want to embrace what their individuality is and what they're doing. You know, and I, I don't want to deter from that, but I, I just would be like sad that you weren't, you were too scared to tell me. Anyway, the key thing is like, you have to turn it into like, you have to read the room. You have to make an environment that's fun. Then afterwards, get after them. I, I've, I've got a kind of a, a fun, this reminds me of a story that I was not, I was kind of involved with. I was an accomplice though. I wasn't the, the main player in the story. So a, a really good friend of mine in college, we used to go on this, um, this canoe trip a um, bunch of guys would go on this canoe trip. And of course there was a lot of drinking involved. So after this, my friend was going to go see his, his, like his girlfriend at, at his, um, at, at her mom's place. Right. So we're in college. So I think, I think I'm a sophomore and he's a junior in college. So anyway, we go on this canoe trip and we get, just get wasted. You're know, out in the sun, we get wasted and he gets picked up to, um, to, to, to go and, and someone drops him off at the, at the door and, and, and he's, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I missed this story up. He's so drunk. He's like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta sober up before I go to my girlfriend's house and have to be, meet her mom. So 
he goes to like this park, like like whoever drops him off is like, drop me off at this park. It's a couple blocks away. So he's at this park for like an hour. And he's like, okay, I think I'm sober enough to do it. And he goes to the door and his girl, and this is like, I don't remember, this is like oh, before we had cell phones, right? This is how long ago this was. The first Doctor Who episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the first Doctor Yeah, very funny. So he goes to the door and fortunately his girlfriend answers and she's like, oh, you're finally here. Where have you been? She's like, oh my God, you reek. I gotta, gotta get you in my bedroom. So she takes him in the bedroom and it's like, yeah, Justin got like, like sick today. So I just uh, sent poisoning. Uh, he's gonna, he's, you know, not gonna be able to interact with you. So, um, uh, that that's a uh, that's very early on in the relationship maybe one of the, the first times he'd met his um uh, you know uh, girlfriend's mom so that there you go that, that don't, that's, don't, uh, don't plan to meet the parents for the first time after a hammered canoe trip there's was no the first, it wasn't the first end. time it wasn't okay. the first time but but early, early on in the relationship he, he he should have been more careful but you know we were dumb college kids so that's what happens yeah you're up jake I don't have any like fun stories like this. I feel left out. Well, I I stole my friend's no. fun story, so just tell your friend's fun story. You know, I wasn't even. Or my just tell story. any story. I was That's kind right. of involved. I helped him get drunk on a, on a river, but that was about it. I, I don't. I can't think of any stories. I'm feeling the pressure right now. Okay, like, so you're you're you know we got noodle. We got noodle up in the house. Uh, noodle is a very public figure, so I don't fear. I don't mind sharing noodle right here. But uh, when, when Poppy was young and we were living in Seattle, one time uh, I was taking her out. It was like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, like puppy, this is before we adopted pee pads, which if you live in an apartment with a new puppy, if you can get them adopted pee pads, I can't recommend it enough. Like teaching them to pee, giving them a treat after they pee on the pad, like all that stuff. That works so well with her. But before that, as like, the, like taking care of her, we were outside and uh, I, went, I went to pick Poppy up because she wasn't peeing. So I was like, okay, we're going to go inside went scooped her and she struggled and it was like maybe like six inches off the ground max dropped poppy on her head and she let out the biggest howl in my entire life and my heart broke at that moment uh granted she turned out to be like the sweetest bestest girl ever but if you've never heard a puppy like yelp and like even like not just a yelp but just like a little bit more than a yelp like maybe just a second or two more than a yelp uh you'll never know how you feel about something like not it's, you'll never know about it, but like it, it's absolutely heartbreaking and we're also in the middle of like seattle too i'm like Shh, quiet quiet poppy there's a bunch of homeless people around we gotta we can keep it down but uh yeah that, that that's a story i say for a couple weeks a couple weeks later i feel like that would almost hurt me as an owner more than like the dog oh yeah dropped. just there the heartbreak was, it was just so bad and i think that might have been the night though we decided to like to try out puppy pads because i was like I, I like I, I I was like grabbing her and like doing this. It's like it's I'm I'm so sleep deprived because it's like two three a.m. You know, this is without alcohol or you know shots with the family or anything like that. <laughs> it's tough. Like when you when like early on when you're you you have a, a like when we got Benny our our dog like those those first couple of weeks were just brutal because he was trying to figure us out. We were trying to figure him out, and like I was almost at a breaking point. I, I like. Right, right before we he kind of settled down, I told my wife, "It's like I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, I love the dog, I don't want to give him back, but man, this is just this is killing me." Um, so I have to credit probably the thing that helped us is you guys ever use that? It's like a red can of spray. And yeah. It's just sound. Papa get Papa get used to it. <laughs> oh, did, did did she? So she doesn't doesn't bother anymore at all. 
No, we had to switch it up. Yeah, we just switch up different tactics. Well, so for us, still works. I mean, we never have to spray it. We just pull out the can. He's just like, okay, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing. But man, like that totally like like the issues we're having because he was you know when we first got him, he peed inside occasionally. It never happened again. Um, just you know, like kind of getting a little rough with the kids and stuff. He's so I credit the makers of that red can. Thank you for saving my relationship with my my my, my puppy. Betty boy, because it it was it was going south early on, and I think that's typical for you know new owners with when they get dogs, and you know it's all good now, but it's rough at, at first. There's always issues. Yeah, Jake, how do a noodle's teething phase go? I, man, I think all puppies are just a, a handful. She she definitely was too. We we were in a in an apartment, so uh, like her barking, things like that were difficult. She's got really bad separation anxiety. So, so is Benny. Just, How could just she not? Thought of us leaving. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's almost all dogs, right? But just waiting by the door for their owner to get home. But Noodle is uh, something else in that category. Poppy was my wife's first dog. And uh, with that, that like teething phase and she'd get like her arm scraped up, it was the moment where like I, I, there was like a week where Jenny was like, I, I don't want this anymore. Which also goes, goes it attributes to a point is Puppies are only cute because that way you won't walk, like walk them out the front door and lock it <laughs> because they can be just an absolute like menace to your daily life and, and, and just a disruption to it. But they're so sweet and so cute that you just can't quite do it. But that is the reason as dark as that is. I feel like that's the, like genetically engineered, even though like they're not genetically engineered because they basically are anyway, a ton of dogs. But like that's one of the things that they've held on forever, so that you don't just leave them. But uh, and there was a study. Will, did you see the study that came out where they study these dogs and dogs change their faces? They don't do it for each other; they do it just for humans. So like if they, you know, that dogs have a little pouty look, like oh come on, like that's something they the, they think now that dogs do just for for their people. So I I think that's really interesting to to kind of add to your point about the looks. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. It's the closest I've also all ever been into a fist fight. Was Poppy was getting attacked at a dog park after I was throwing away her poo. It's in the snow. I got this big ass like sweater on and my my mittens. Like I'm looking like super tough. First of all, it's crazy tough. As always, I can only Ooh. assume. Yeah, <laughs> I got like this stocking cap with a little ball on top of it. You know, just the toughest you could possibly look. Uh, and I'm throwing I throw her poop away and I'm walking back. And Poppy had gotten cornered by another dog and it was biting her neck while she was underneath a bench. And I had to walk back, walk over, and then like remove a dog on top of her. And I was like, I wanted to say that on her, like, if you ever ruin her innocence, it will be the end of you. <laughs> like, <and> I, <laughs> the thing is, I've never been in a fist fight. Like, I'm not that as a tough guy. But at that moment in time, I finally felt like the passionate, like, if that dude would have like stepped up to me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I may have, taken, may, may have taken a swing. I assume, Jake, with your hockey background, you've been a bunch of scraps. I have not at all. Uh, <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only scraps I've actually ever been in are hockey or like floor hockey, which is like funny that you mentioned that. Something Ooh. about sports like brings it out for sure. Like boot, like boot hockey or are you, uh, are you guys, guys on some inline floor skates? Um, a floor ball. Is, I don't know. Have you guys heard of that? It's like a, it's like a wiffle ball. Um, it's on shoes. It's more European. Okay, I've never played. No, it's a is it indoors? It's or... A bit shorter stick. It's indoors. Yeah. 
it's a good time. A little insight into this. How's the game played? Um, pretty much like hockey. There's just a few like different kink rules that you. Uh, oh, so you use a wiffle ball and, and a sort of li- a shorter little stick. Yeah. Um, trying to. But you can't like you can't like scruff somebody by the jersey then and get into like hockey fights. We can't throw too much into it unless you're Tom Wilson on skates. Uh, yeah, the the skates, the speed of like the on skates definitely brings an element to hitting and stuff. There isn't hitting in in the floor hockey, but it definitely gets aggressive. I think that's just all sports, right? But what like is it, baseball, is it, there's fights in baseball, but yeah, is is it true though? Like in hockey, though, they kind of let them fight it out too because you can't get as much leverage on skates, or is that a complete fallacy that I've made up? Um, I think that's a fallacy you made up. It's definitely diff- more difficult. Like it's easier to get someone to the ground when you're standing on skates and you're tangled up with someone. But yeah, man, all, hockey it. fighters pretty much train boxing, like in the off season and stuff like that, right? Yeah. What's your opinion about Mr. Tom Wilson? Uh, not a, not a huge fan. <laughs> if, you, if you were a Caps fan, would you be a fan? Yeah, probably. Well, okay. Um, I'd probably like him on my team, but I don't know if I would. I wouldn't be a fan of his antics and like the things he does. Yeah, because there's a lot of dirty plays mixed in with being an enforcer. I struggle yeah, with Tom like Wilson as a casual hockey fan of whether or not I like him. Yeah, if regardless of him being on my team, if he's out injuring people, like I, I don't got time for that. But I kind of like a, him. He's an amazing player. Yeah, that's I like a, the yeah. enforcers. Those let him cross the line, and you need that. That's that adds to the game. That's that makes it fun. Yeah, well, so the thing about Tom Wilson, though, is, like, he just has too many other dirty plays. Like, a, a knee to the back of that guy. Like, it's, like, outside of the realm of, like, normal play. Or, like, a cheap yeah. shot. To, yeah, that one dude, he broke his jaw on a cheap shot near the boards. Was that, like, a year ago, two years ago? There's just, like, there's these, like, little things outside of being just an enforcer. It's, like, he takes advantage of precarious situations on top of it. But then when these guys try and go fight Tom Wilson to make up for him, it, he just whips them. Like, it's not usually – Cause he's a great hockey fighter. Like it's just, it's just this mix, but he gets away with that, that shady stuff though. Most of the time though, right? He's gotten suspended a few times and fine, but maybe not enough. It's, it's kind of this kind of we're seeing hockey. Yeah. You need those guys for your team. I think of uh, like seeing golden state, those golden state warriors and Draymond green, you know, he kind of in in basketball kind of does that stuff. He does that rough stuff and gets in players heads and stuff like that. And he's kind of annoying and he gets himself in trouble sometimes, but you know, those, those, those are those glue, glue guys, as the, as the say they say, right? You, you need those guys for your team. I think it's an important segue here is to Jake. What do you think about Najee Harris's uh, towel twirl? I mean, you gotta love him, his him showing support for uh, Pittsburgh, the Pirates, the Penguins, all that, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you're big uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but his tower twirl at the game though seemed kind of uh, he hadn't Black practiced lesson. yet. Well, he's not much. He's more of a. He's on the field, right? He's not in the stands. Mm, I'd be more I, critical. What I'm critical about that he wasn't downing beers like the Tennessee lineman at Nashville games. Yeah, Taylor Lewan. That's a bad man in the NFL. You would never want to like. I it's, I couldn't have ever imagine like having to go and like going to a game and going to get Taylor Lewan. Let's say you're not like the superstar. You know, you, you're just. You know, so you're like coming in on third down. And you have to go against him. I, I don't. I would not want to do that. In general, he's he's <laughs> a funny interview too. He seems like he would be like a hell of a guy to have a beer with. 
Yeah, that was that whole uh, like Bakhtiari thing about chugging beers. Were that the Milwaukee Bucks game? And then Aaron Rodgers kind of sipped his beer, sipping, yeah. kind of getting it back to football, you know. But maybe Aaron Rodgers was drinking a, uh, uh, you know, like a hop tea or something. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> like, whatever. If it has hops in it or, or not. I think it was a, it was actually the Jets recently at the New York Islanders game, pumping it up, and Zach Wilson just looks super out of place, as always. One of my favorite things to do is not favorite things to do, but favorite points. If you want to listen to it is listen to uh CD Carter uh, talk about Zach Wilson's mom. He thinks she's actually going to be a real problem. And yeah, I, I, I don't really that. disagree. And I, but I think it's great. It's such great content for this off season. Well, what's the deal yeah. with his mom? I, I, maybe I'm living under a rock. I haven't heard anything. She's a big TikToker. She has. Some, oh, is uh, she? yeah <laughs> no wonder because i'm not on that um yeah that's that's interesting which has some interesting views that are maybe like counterculture on a lot of political things and uh, uh new york might not be so receptive to zach wilson's mom as they are zach wilson huh that's interesting yeah i just I, yeah every time you it just i don't know it's it's a it's a he i just Man, if I had to put money on any quarterback being a bust, I would it would be him probably over any any of these guys. I hope, I mean I, I'm not cheering against him, but man, it just it, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, we you know in, in news this week, I, I was trying to I was going to tra- transition from Tom Wilson to Jeff Wilson, so you drop an L and we can talk about Jeff Wilson, the 49ers running back. We were we we're talking about that a little bit before, but you know, he's, he's going to miss extended time. So all of a sudden Trey Sermon, who he, who he liked enough anyway, is, is looking more interesting for 2021. Yeah. Buying point for Raheem Mostert. I don't know that Trey Sermon's the could end up being the best value in this year's draft. Like bar none. If he's the top scoring rookie running back out of this group, would you be that surprised? I wouldn't be that surprised. No, no, not, not in San Francisco. Of course not. Niners. He's probably a decent long shot bet for rookie of the year. Ooh. But but do you guys think they're? I, well, I think you were going there uh, I, with Raheem Mostert. People have just kind of dis, like dismissed him now. It seems. Do you think that that makes him a interesting guy to acquire, or am I overthinking that? I don't know. It's so, like how hard is that offense to integrate into if they can run every running back in there on a week-to-week basis and have them really succeed. That's what I kind of rack my brain about with Trey Sermon or even Elijah Mitchell in there. I think Trey Sermon's obviously the best bet, highest draft capital that they've had at their tenure there. I mean, he's not Joe Williams that they're pounding the table for who retired from football then came back into it. It was kind of a complete blowout. I do think that Trey Sermon has the potential to not start. Like, I think we're all wanting to expect a hotter start than what he's going to go on. I think maybe Trey Sermon's best buying window is going to be week three of the season as a rookie. That they're you know it's it's that it's that more delayed kind of progression into it because Raheem Mostert could be the a top five running back through the first three weeks and we're all like where's Trey Sermon and that's when you buy Trey Sermon because Mostert's never gonna last he's just it's such an aggressive yeah, style yeah. of running game yeah he, yeah he's just, get... it's just not built to last yeah he won't I mean he's shown time and time again he won't last I mean it's almost guaranteed he's not gonna last or play the whole year anyway so. 
I mean, Sermon has value, even if even if it's Mostert's backfield from for the most most of the, the year. Sermon has value because you know he's going to get some starts and have some good games. I mean, I, I kind of feel that way. Maybe maybe it's two or three, but maybe it's those. Maybe it's at the end of the season when you need him most. So maybe he is a fantasy league winner. Yeah, I think that's what makes right. the the Niners running backs too seasonal or dynasty. Just if you can get a piece of that backfield and just stash them. You just, you kind of like, I feel like we've always, we've kind of known who's going to be playing well the week that you put them into your starting lineup, or at least who's going to get the start and have the best opportunity, which is very nice for fantasy. Just whether or not they're on your team. Indeed, indeed. I, uh, pretty- I love a dart throw at Elijah Mitchell. His, yeah. uh, his athletic profile is pretty elite and just it's, pretty wide open depth chart with uh obviously we just talked about it with pretty much just uh monster there and sermon and we really don't know sermon yet right so yeah it really killed my uh was it austin walter take in the offseason who they signed to like an 850 grand contract i kind of hate that i wanted the him to be like a great dynasty stash but i ended up having to drop him so yeah they, not, not a stash but still got to watch is and he's still on the roster right is it he's the running back four there yeah, I might pick him back up. He, he just climbed up the depth K- chart with Wilson being out for a while. If you take him or JJ <laughs> Taylor for the New England Patriots, I guess I go Walter. Mm, I guess I go Walter too. I, I I don't have a strong opinion one or the other. I know. I just am going to go make this ad drop as we're talking live. This is the Patreon show. There you go. We we like that. That's fun stuff. Um, do we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers at all? Because I feel like that's the big what the big big news this week. But but Some maybe not. Jones. Oh, Julio, oh yeah, Julio Austin Jones. Watkins. Sorry, everybody. I, I don't remember a day quite like that with in the sports media had to love it and, and Twitter loved it because no. you had, you know, Julio. I, I, did he know he was on live television at the time? I I had to think that was probably yeah he did yeah he knew what he was doing. So and then Aaron Aaron Rodgers goes on with man Kenny Maine. First of all, um, let let's like thank you Kenny Maine. I, I don't I don't know if you guys are old enough to appreciate how great he was and just refreshing he was on sports center. I mean, during its heyday in the nineties, uh, just, man, I, I was sad to see Kenny Mayne go. And I, by accident turned on that last sports center that he was on. And that, that interview was, was a lot of fun. I thought, and Kenny Mayne at the very end, you know, <laughs> I, I can say, I'll put the E on the show when he walks out, he's like, fuck you, Aaron Rogers. I mean, that was just, that was awesome. <laughs> Only Kenny Mayne can in an interview like that. It was so great. You say that now I had so many F bombs going earlier. Yeah, well, go go ahead, Will. Uh, Austin fucking Walter is on the Jets now, not the <laughs> not the Niners. So, oh wow, that whole stash goes out the window. I actually dropped him for Ty Johnson in the that's, league. That's a more ambiguous backfield, though. Maybe his odds are greater. It's, it, but it's when you're, but, when with, you're with Zach Wilson, backfield, leading. Ryan, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Carter. Everyone loves Michael Carter. Uh, what? Well, so. <laughs> A resident ages. How do you feel about Michael Carter, Jake? Um, I'm. I think I've said it before in the podcast. I'm not a huge fan, but there's obvious opportunity that's hard to deny. Um, but with his draft capital, it's hard to even say if he's. I think he's probably the best back in the backfield, and he probably like. I think he will succeed in the role, but. I'm just not confident enough to say that he's better than Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, the Austin Walter. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know that who you're talking about. (laughs) 
There are just so many. I mean, he. I, I like the whole Michael Carter story though because he is um, being drafted much earlier than several other guys. I like. Um, like you know, pretty much it seems like he's going ahead of all those intriguing second round wide receivers that were taken. It seems. I, I, I feel like he's just jumped over uh, Terrence Marshall. I, I feel like he's jumped over um, uh, Elijah Moore in some cases. Rondell Moore. I just. I, I'd rather have those those guys than Michael Carter. So. And I'm team running back, but oh yeah, that's right. We have to get to the segment. What what's that? What's what's why wouldn't you trade back into the draft to go get Jalen Waddle? I know you're like trade back into the right uh, Right. wide receiver with like this like snotty connotation to it, Ryan. Oh yeah. Explain yourself, please, to why you wouldn't want the Jaguars who took Trevor Lawrence had Jalen Waddle equally rated to Trevor Lawrence. I I so you were talking about um, trading. Was it Darren Waller? You were talking about trading in Jake. No, to... all I said was trade back into the draft to get Jalen Waddle. And then you said well, trade Mark, back yeah. into the draft for a wide receiver. Right. And you said yuck or like, hey, well, you're stupid. You shouldn't no, comment anymore that. in our fantasy Joe's chat. No. Well, you, you said, hey, you... well, this is a really Steve move. So okay, so let's let's first of all let's add this some context. So it's a, Jake is in a league. He's on the clock. Superflex, I believe, one eleven, right? And you're like, you 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 break down your roster. Like I don't really need a quarterback. But Mac Jones is there. I think I should take Mac Jones, but I kind of want to take Waddle. So what do you guys think? And and will immediately you you come in, and you're pretty much like end of the situation. You you want Waddle. You want to share? Grab Waddle. And I'm like, take Mac Jones. Like. And then you're Let's like, well, incorrect. trade back. I said objectively, I'd take Jones. Okay, fine. Then you're like, trade back in to get Waddle. And and Jake, you're like, I like the way you think. And uh, and I'm like, no, it's going to cost you too much, you know, to to trade back in to take Waddle. I just, I, I don't know, like to give up. I think you were talking about Mark Andrews or something and a piece, maybe. I don't know. I, 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 just... I thought about offering Mark Andrews to get back in, and I took a look at his roster, and he had Kelsey and Fance, and I realized it probably wasn't <laughs> worth. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if it was Mark Andrews in that moment for that piece, I think Jen Waddle's upside trumps Mark Andrews every day of the week. It just Waddle Waddle has the potential to be an absolute stud. Mark Andrews has peaked. Has he? I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know he about has that. peaked right now. On, I still find free Patreon I, episode. Ryan, you can. You, yeah, he's the yeah, number one number one target in in Baltimore. Not what, anymore, what, what that's worth. No, not when, they, not when they get Julio Jones. Rashad Bateman's a better tight end without like a yeah, he's like 26. I don't think he's even reached the PKH. For if Rashad ends. Bateman isn't going to block, or if just like Mark Andrews didn't block, Rashad Bateman's a better version of, of Mark Andrews. I don't, I don't know why that's hard. So, what is okay? Where's this love been for Jalen Waddle so much? I mean, I mean, I don't want to like you know make this a Mark Andrews versus Jalen Waddle thing because I don't, I don't like, I'm, I'm not going to pound the table for Mark Andrews. I, I, well, you love Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, he's okay. But the Jalen, like, where's this Jalen Waddle love coming from? That that's like, like you, you, you've even said you want Smith, Devonta Smith over Waddle. He's not even your number one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that's a big deal. <laughs> like Devonta Smith is also a stud. You have three. You have like basically to me four receivers you really want. Then you fringe go off and uh, get Rondell Moore. Like that's the fifth, and that's like maybe Terrace Marshall. You're at a six. Like get it really into it. So, but I think so you're, Jaylen, I think and this comes back to Paul Pertikizi loving yeah. Jalen Waddle. I think right. that he has the upside to be an absolute star. If he's gonna hit that, that's like what a five percent chance. That's all you need. No, no, fair enough. 
I, I guess it just depends on what it's going to cost. And I feel this year more than others, it seems like people are reluctant to trade their rookie picks for whatever reason. And it's just costing a little bit more to trade into some of these drafts. I don't know. I mean, so that's, maybe that's just my, that's my anecdotal evidence. I, I, I just get that perception. I just feel like it's, it's, I don't know, Jake, I feel like he would have had to give up too much to get in just to get Waddle, but I feel like the Waddle, the Waddle tier is the easiest to get into. It ends at Waddle. Like, well, that's true. It goes before Waddle and the person who's going to draft Waddle doesn't want Waddle. That's why I think the trade back in, that's where it, you can't like say in like a quick Fox message is that person who's waffling, who's waddling along on the Waddle line. Uh, is easier to get in there and grab them than what you think. So you need to make an offer. That makes sense. I, I, I like that. I like that. That did not come through. In, the, in fact, we were just typing. We weren't even talking in the box. So I think it's probably fair to... to so you're saying basically is there's value late in the first round of Superflex draft or, or even early second. So kick the tires and, and you know, see, see if you can get in for, you know, a, a pretty low cost. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, and your roof, and and with Mark Andrews too, Jake. I think you're you're pretty loaded at tight end, right? So Mike Andrews is like your second or third tight end. Yeah, I had a Kittle and Logan Thomas as well. Yeah, so Logan you Logan Thomas. See, really, like you've got pretty great depth at tight end, so you could move that piece. But I don't know. I still, I don't know. Maybe I'm just lower on Waddle than I should be. But you are. Got I'm yelling. I'm yelling. Yeah. Because again, like that, Waddle has superstar potential. That's what, like, I think he yes. has a much higher ceiling than like Rashad Bateman. And I'm a huge Rashad yeah. Bateman fan. Right. Like, that's, uh, I, I think he has a higher ceiling than Devonta Smith, too. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how, how Jalen Hurts, um, you know, turns out. And Tua, and Tua. Tua's not a proven product. Right. right. Tua's actually a pretty horrible passer of the ball last year if you're watching those games. Yeah. It was early. Aesthetically, though. We'll aesthetically unpleasing. Year. Partially because he's left-handed, but that, I can't really hold that against him. Yeah, Gesicki goes and has to make an acrobatic catch, while if you hit him in the chest, he gets ten more yards. Like, it just is tough. It's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. I he's hope he be, progresses and is aggressive. The, the, the two, two things, could be okay. I want to say something. He's the guy that uh, maybe maybe he doesn't have the Konami code enough. But we were talking about on the earlier Patreon show that the past couple of years are these late bound round quarterbacks. And I, we were talking specifically from a redraft angle, I think that have, you know, been league winners or really helped you Lamar Jackson. And then Josh Allen, those are guys that went late. Maybe it's not Jalen hurts this year. who's kind of a trendy pick who probably go higher than you want, but maybe it's a guy like Tua because Tua in theory could be really good in the NFL. He could be that second year quarterback that could explode. What do you guys think about that? Th that theory, does that work for you? Because no one's talking about Tua. People are talking up Jalen Hurts for sure. I'm sending it to Jake. <laughs> You're like, I hate it. This is left-handed. <laughs> it's weird. Um, I, I have Hurts above Tua and a tier above Tua. Um, I think there's probably similar risk to both of them. And I don't think people are willing to admit it with Tua as much as people are willing to admit that there's risk with Hurts. I, was um, I mean, that's, that's obvious, but no, I agree. But I think more people think that uh, Philadelphia could easily go like a new QB next year, where I think Miami's in the, in the market of like any star QB that comes available. Um, because I think they're just going to be too good of a team to pick early again, but 
I think they're definitely going to be in the quarterback market. Um, like Will said, Tua had a pretty average year last year. Um, he's going to have tons of weapons this year, but if he doesn't do well with them, it's pretty much, it's almost like a make or break year. Um, in my opinion, I don't know how many chances they're going to give him. Obviously it's pretty much just the first chance they are giving him, but they have gone out of their way to make him as comfortable as possible. I don't know. Signing Jacoby Brissett. Uh, also the goal line and long bomb touchdown threat from the Colts last year. Can't set up side, right? I don't know. Yeah, you you can get him so late. There are other guys that are. Did uh did Flores have some experience with Brissett in New England? Is that what they brought him in? Wouldn't surprise me. I couldn't yeah. tell you for a certain. Yeah, I bet that. I bet yeah. that's the, the connection. Uh, I, guess, any, I guess there are Jay, a ton Jay, of guys you got, here. You got any? Uh, you got any Tua that you've sent for Jalen Hurts? I've tried and not succeeded. I think Tua's value is still. I mean, pe- I think people are down on on Tua, um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up. Bring it up. I mean. It, it, and there's good reason to be down on him because you're right. Will he didn't look particularly good his uh, first year in the league. And we've heard all these rumors that the Miami was really going hard after Deshaun Watson. So when you hear rumors that a team is trying to replace their quarterback, then you're going to think that the quarterback that's there, um, there may be some issues. The team may not like him as much. And now that's starting to become a thing in the league, right? Teams are moving on quickly. Like Arizona did from Josh Rosen. So. Yeah. Sammy Darney, as I like to call him. Sammy Darney. Oh, well, I think that's all I got. The, Me too. That's all you Jake, Jake turned off his camera. Are we done? Did yeah. I actually? Yeah. Yeah, your camera's, off, your camera's for days. off. Yeah. I assume you were texting Noodle. I was uh, looking at my sleeper. Oh, okay. The app is better than desktop, so... Is which makes me hate sleeper. All right, let, let's let's get out. Of, let, let's let's do like a a two minute warning. You guys can throw it wherever you want, but let's do a quick um, current ranking of the dynasty landscape of platforms because it seems, guys, as much as I hate sleeper, I, I mean, I, I I don't have a, I hate the company. I, I and I appreciate that. Oh, I do. They keep improving their product. They keep putting money into it. You hate you hate the company sleeper. No, nah, I mean, sure, they're probably horrible people. So what, what do you rank for your platforms if you had to rank? I, I mean, for me, the GOAT is Please MFL. And I know I know there's no mobile platform, but I still love MFL because you can just do so many things. And all the wacky leagues I like to play in, it supports them very well. So what, what's so that's my um, top ranked platform for Dynasty, Will? Yeah, it's, it's only mine because I have the most leagues on it. So I it's top ranked because it makes it the most convenient overall. Like, I don't <laughs> All right. So you, so you, I mean, I, I, it tells you, it tells you you need 10 starters. You select 10 starters. You don't have to put people like in and move a person into a different spot. I don't have to like click around on the phone or anything like that. Like it it just, to me, it makes it easier. All right. Jake, are you, we consensus? Yeah. Team MFL. I think everything other than MFL and sleeper is unranked. You shouldn't even consider it. What flea flicker? Yeah, I wouldn't consider Flea Flicker. That was my first individual Dynasty draft ride was on Flea Flicker, and it was for that Dynasty Darwinism League. Right. I, I don't, you know, I don't think Flea Flicker is very good, but 
I have to say it's not horrible for, for what you pay for it, but I think it's totally free, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so I don't think it's a bad platform. I think it's, I think it's, it's okay. Um, but number two, I, I guess is number two by default that to be sleeper. Um, uh, underdog number three. That's it. What's, what's number three? <laughs> underdog fantasy for best ball. But they don't have dynasty though, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's all. Okay. So is it just oh, that? ESPN where the commissioner has to keep track of picks. That's my third. I just won't commission it. It's <laughs> awful. All right. I guess ESPN over Flea Flicker if the commission is going to do the work. I'm just trying to think what else I've played on. I, I've been in Yahoo forever. Oh, I've played FFPC, which is actually better. I think I've put that over Sleeper, but just I'm in it with random people and it's been like an overall bad experience, but that could be on me. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've not done Dynasty and FFPC, but I've played in some of their like best ball, like a football guys has some stuff through them that I've done and it's, it's okay. I, I guess I'm not used to it. It doesn't seem as robust as MFL, but maybe that's a good thing because it's a, I don't know. It's, a, it's Which okay. On the FFPC league, uh, how do you guys view uh, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence? In Dynasty? I'm, or Yeah, but I, yeah, just in Dynasty. I, I might have some pretty spicy take on this. We should do quarterback rankings. I need to, I need to think about it. Jake, you go first. You, you, have, you were ready to jump on. Trevor Lawrence. Easy. I sent Burrow in like a two-three swap for Trevor Lawrence in in that dynasty league, and yeah, I, I would have paid more. Yeah, good deal for you for sure. I want Lawrence yeah. all day. Yeah, I think I lean. I I lean Lawrence. It's cl- definitely closer uh, for me than for you guys apparently, and only because. We've seen Burrow in the NFL, and I, I, I don't know that he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's going to be a pretty solid NFL quarterback and a pretty solid fantasy quarterback. But yeah, I, I really want the Andy with, Dalton of with the, the Bengals yeah, on the team. I don't I think he's going to be better than Andy Dalton, but but the upside with Lawrence, with his, with his, I mean, people, that's one of the things that's really been interesting to me in these rookie drafts is that people haven't, like, no one's really gone hard after the 101 in a lot of these rookie drafts, and, and, and no one's like really hyping up Trevor Lawrence, but. Trevor Lawrence is one of the most solid profiles prospects in this draft. I think I just, I just think he's, he's got it all. I, I, there's, there's really nothing to, to attack, you know, on, on his profile. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like we maybe were under, under hyping Trevor Lawrence as an NFC community in general, you know, because, because he's been around for so long. We're just like, Oh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, I just feel like no one's excited about him and we should be. Um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But but that said, you look at this rookie class, and I feel like they're a lot, at least in the top half of it in the Superflex League, there are a lot of guys to be excited about. You know, if you're maybe you're not going to trade up from the 105 because you're like, hey, if I sit here, I'm going to get, you know, maybe Lancer Fields falls here. If not, I'll d- do Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, and these guys all are unbelievable profiles and talents. I don't I don't care. I'm just you know I'm happy with where I'm at. Maybe that's why I haven't seen that. I don't know. Anyway, you guys are fading, and I'm I'm talking. So I guess we I should close the show, huh? I mean, Jake just had to play with Noodle versus listen to you. So yeah, I I, I realize. All right, Noodle decided that. All right. So any any final thoughts? Two minute warning. Any anything? Let's quickly go around the horn, or yeah. we're just gonna close. Go go grab a twenty pound weight and put it in a backpack. Walk around. Get yourself into rucking. I know that general managers <laughs> around the league are listening. Go acquire Julio Jones for a first. 
the resident ageist ryan all right uh i'm just gonna say um doctor who know, was good think, both both times doctor who's a great show and hop lark uh, you know check it out this hop tea highly recommended um we are the fancy joes you can find us on twitter at ff joes you can find will on twitter at fantasy joe underscore will you can find jake at takes a jake Jake, meet, you, meet your microphone. What are you doing? I guess this is the Patreon show, so it's okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Rota Librarian. On behalf of Will and Jake, I'm Ryan, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Oh, also, patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Check that out, too. Oh. Oh. See you, everybody. <laughs>